tough to find the right body to find the right middle or not middle some other middle this is kelly dwyer the name of this podcast is not some other middle this is called the never too much podcast this is a free episode thank you for listening if you're listening for the first time and you don't want to run this on your twitter or on your email uh, you can just click on the, uh, it says something like, uh, listen through your podcast amp, and it'll go through your podcast app. Sorry I said amp the first time, because I was born a long time ago. Apps are new to me. Ah, the first time I was told I had a drinking problem, it was by my father. And he was pointing at me after I had spilled some milk on me. And I got the humor right away, and later I found out it was a joke from Airplane, which was hilarious. I watched that like a million times in the 80s. A million times in the 2000s, I got drunk. Uh, a lot, a lot. Or just not drunk. My, that wasn't my thing. It was just slow, steady, ick. Ew. It was gross. And, uh... I'm three years sober last Friday. And I didn't think that was possible. I had a kind of, not a vision, a vision would be too strong a word. I had like, not even a a hope. It was a wish. It was flimsy uh, in my head that I could be sober someday. Just as the reckoning was, well, you're going to have to stop drinking someday. So there's a slight chance you could live sober. But that seemed like a slight chance. Because mostly I couldn't imagine living without drinking. And to an extent, I still can. Can't, because it's been three years. And while I never think about having a drink, I still have a lot of growing up to do. It's still really tough for me to talk to people. I'm still horrifically shy. I'm gregarious when you when pinned, you know, around the cashiers. Uh, but I'm super shy because I spent all my teens, excuse me, my late teens and my 20s and my early 30s and over into my mid-30s, Uh, Just dulling myself from what I assumed was going to be the onslaught. Because I hadn't learned to dig myself yet. And even after I got sober, it took a full year, almost. Horrifying year. It was my last year at Yahoo. And I wrote well, and it was a great, obviously it was better being sober. But it was horrific. Until uh, about a month and a half into the playoffs, when I finally uh, came across the medication that worked for me, and a commitment to taking that medication. 
I finally gave in to the idea that, no, I'm not just anxious. I'm not just anxious. There's something pushing that. And so every day since then has been the best day of my life. It was the best day of my life before then, but getting right helps. And I wasn't right after I got sober. It was, it was, a, it was a horrifying existence to be inside my head. And I had to deal with an election year and the idea of Russell Westbrook as MVP. Okay, man, commit to the historicness. The, 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 this is, yeah, he might do it. Five, we thought he was going to do it a couple years in a row, right? I wouldn't put money on him. It was a rough year until I got medicated. But it was a year. And like a month into that year, uh, Yahoo and I parted ways. I was let go. I was made redundant in a move I agreed with. I had made myself redundant. And I didn't think about drinking once. And the election happened the fall before, and I didn't think about drinking once. And times have been not rough, but stress-filled. I don't think about drinking. And that's crazy. Because all I did was think about drinking. All I did. I, I was an addict. I had a sickness. As soon as I started drinking it, I could drink 14 times as much as everyone else, even though they were seven inches taller than me. And even though you don't think you're thinking about it, the alcoholic is still thinking about it. It's still there. All the while, all that junk from the night before, got up on time, did your stuff, did your stretches, got your water, you're fine, you're fine. Now that you're drunk, it's just in you. And you're thinking about next Thursday. When do I got to go to the place to get the next thing? That's crucial. That's what it is. It's crucial. Because it's in our head. <clears throat> I barely play guitar when I drank. I was embarrassed. I was super embarrassed. Started drinking. I moved in. I was moving to Chicago. Just turned 21. And every time I started to play, I'd rock out. And then I would just immediately be far more self-critical than I had ever been before. And by this time, I'm listening to Steely Dan. And, I, you know, you can't play that. You can't do that Jimmy Reed. Oh, you think you're a blues boy stuff over. This is complicated, man. What's wrong with you? Or when I, you know, I just couldn't play. I couldn't play. And so the guitar got boxed up. And I got another guitar, and I paid it off right away. Uh, it was a little gift for uh, getting on to Yahoo. And uh, it got boxed up. And people would come over and look at my awesome guitar and call it beautiful. And uh, I'd play a couple of bluesy licks, and then i put it away. Sometimes I carried a guitar around toward the later years. When I worked, but that was on and off. And uh, now I can't imagine life without a guitar. 
I have one over at my parents' house, so when I go over there, I pick it up immediately and I walk around with it. I took it with me when I went to all those basketball arenas on my uh, the road trip that I sort of had to do during the 17-18 season. I took a, a little Epiphone I bought off a guy named uh, John, who I wish I could find, for 75 bucks uh, about uh, 10 years ago. Uh, with a beautiful dog ear soap bar pickup. And it will uh, mini double cutaway at the phone less Paul. And I played it, or I didn't play it, but it was always there. Like, I could go a week without really playing it, taking it out of the case in Arizona, in, in, in California in February, in these <clears throat> weird places. No one plays guitars in California. But it was there. So maybe that's my crutch now. Maybe some people need a crutch. Maybe some people got to know something's there. Every path is different, but if you can't stop thinking about drinking, think about reaching out to someone who would want you to be living your best life. And gosh, if you can, if no one's telling you, I had to be told. Three people, wife, mom, dad, God bless them, sat me down. Dude, it's time. Okay, I understand. It's time. If you feel like you need that talk and, and no one's uh, doing that right away, for whatever reason, reach out. Reach out. There's people around. There's people around. There's people around. I didn't think this was going to go on this long. We're pushing 10 minutes. This is the Never Too Much podcast. I haven't really talked at length uh, about this. Uh, but this is a free episode, so it might go, go, may go out to more people than, than usual. So uh, uh, if if it helps... If it's something you may think about doing in 2021. Lord knows I listened to a lot of stuff in 2014 that moved me. Maybe it's a push. Maybe it's a whatever. But just think about it. Email me. KD on hoops. Not KD on hoops. Dang it. KD on hoops. Since 1997. That's not the email. KD on hoops at yahoo.com. Shoot me an email. Even if you're not ready, whatever. If you know, you know. I knew the whole time. I knew right away. I knew right away. This affects me differently. I'm not saying I wasn't stupid. I was stupid immediately. Uh, there's a good clip of uh, Dick Van Dyke, fellow uh, Midwestern fellow, on uh, on the Dick Cavett show. He sported a beautiful beard. Uh, he's very skinny because he had just quit alcohol. And he talks about some of the symptoms. And if you relate some of those symptoms, uh, maybe time's time. I should start talking about the Knicks. I didn't think this was going to go on for that long. I thought when the Bulls played the Atlanta Hawks on a weekend in 1997, I thought, my terrible memory, <clears throat> that that was over Memorial Day weekend. And then I was, for whatever reason, love of Jason Caffey, checking out box scores from that earlier this year, and I noticed it was a back-to-back. NBC was just like, no, we're going to put Jordan on a back-to-back. -back. Got to, got to. This could end at any time. 
And I was like, oh, wow, put that in the back pocket. And I did some kind of research, but not really. And then I found out that there was another one in 1999, but I didn't remember the Bulls doing any of them except, wait, whoops, that Knicks series was a back-to-back. That wasn't on Memorial Day. That was on, oh, shoot, that was on Mother's Day. They played a back-to-back. Wait, wasn't that the Dennis Rod- where he? Oh, so that's where I went, and I had a lot of fun. And click on all the links, and uh, and watch all the clips, and and watch this on a train, and giggle a bit. And uh, I'm gonna try to do a bunch of these more before season previews. And uh, we have a lot of fun here. And if you like that sort of stuff, uh, consider diving in. Five bucks helps me out a ton, and uh, you get super cool. NBA emails and podcasts as often as I can churn them out. And uh, the more people that contribute, the more often I can churn them out and uh, turn that side hustle into something far on the side. Shout out to Cow Tools. Uh, those Knicks, I had to take a lot out. They scare the crap out of me every year. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, city, suburbs. Then weirdly Ohio, then Indiana, then Chicago, then Indiana. A Chicago Bulls fan. Championship years scared us. Didn't scare us with McLeod. Scared us with Riley. No, no. Scared us before that. They had Patrick Ewing. He he was just fearsome. He was just that you weren't the stuff about him. Franken in the fourth quarter, that didn't come until maybe the Indiana stuff started to penetrate to puncture what, I don't know, maybe it came because hockey got real interesting all of a sudden in the mid-90s, maybe it was some joke on a TV show on NBC I didn't see. The Knicks were frightening. They were frightening in 96-97, and I think that I didn't think they were going to beat the Bulls, but just as it is now with like a series against the Warriors or what the Warriors used to be. You could certainly visualize the scenario where suddenly there's not 90 seconds left and the Bulls aren't going to win this game and it's game six and the Bulls are down 3-2 or it's game seven and it's tied. The Bulls couldn't score enough in the fourth quarter. Oh my God, it's actually happening. New York gets that feeling at the same time Chicago gets that feeling. The players, the observers. I felt that maybe not a possibility in 92, but it was certainly shook. And 93, holy cow, was that a possibility. That team was legit, those 93 Knicks. Goodness gracious sakes alive. Too loud. And 94, I don't want to talk about 94. No No one should have to. No one should have to. Everyone looked real good in that series. In terms of uniforms and fit and shoes and haircuts, the non-Jordan year, 94, ooh, that's where it's at. That's that's your flip side of the ex-girl fashion show with uh, uh, Savaney and then all those others happening. Was that 95? That was 90, 94. I don't know. Let's talk about 96. They were scary. Uh, uh, they destroyed the Bulls in Van Gundy's uh, second game. And I didn't see his first game against Philadelphia, but I watched highlights of it. And you just got that thing. He thought, they're going to show up on NBC and they're going to just destroy the Bulls, right? This is going to happen. They're going to do whatever the 1996 version of a banked-in three is. And they didn't do that. It wasn't the gimmick. They just came out and destroyed the Bulls. 
And they played into a hilt in the first two games of the series, and then they beat him in game three. And then <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Bill Wennington happened in the final minutes of game four. Links to follow. Scared of him at 97. Miami took him out for uh, for us Bulls fans. Didn't think the Knicks could do it. Again, thought that visualization possible. 98 less so because there was less to consider because uh, I believe it was Andrew Lang uh, sent uh, Patrick Ewing to the floor to crush his thumb a month into the season. Uh, uh, friendly Frank Isola uh, uh, faints toward the idea that a Dennis Rodman shoulder <clears throat> on the second, or excuse me, the last play. Remember, we're not saying penultimate anymore. On the last play, though, it wouldn't be penultimate, second to last, of, uh, of a regular season game between the Knicks and the Bulls where Robin was wearing some multicolored, looked like Jordan's uh, like suede shoes that he had in like 93 or 94. Uh, I think Robin threw a terrible outlet pass that someone picked off or maybe Ewan picked off and, and both of these 30-something giant dudes uh, figured out that they were going to meet at the rim somehow. And Robin was just like, I'm, I'm just going to stay here. I know the lights are on. I know... I know we've paid out our tab. I, I, I know I know that the, the stools are on the table, but we're just going to stay here. We're just going to stay here. I got a little bit more on glass. I'm going to stay here. And Patrick Ewing tried to dunk over him, uh, Freddie White style, and Robin sent a shoulder into him. Robin did not take the perfect charge, and Ewing went down hard. And Isola says that's the descent of Ewing's career. Maybe we'll tackle that subject some other time. Lord knows we've written about a lot about the Knicks so far because we think highly of that franchise. And from the beginning, from the nascent days of email, I you know, you respect those fans too much to make jokes. And that's why there are no funny sports shows, because the real life is funnier and sadder than any any drama. That's why our friend Norm MacDonald had such a tough time with his sports show, even though his staff was incredible. He was the best example of a sports show that worked because they took on the absurd. When they try to do it with just jokes about sports, can't make jokes about sports. Norm learned that right away. And his staff did beautiful work afterwards. NBA is too crazy. Too crazy. But you can do it sober. You don't need a guitar. Also from 1994. Thank you for listening to the Never Too Much podcast. I didn't think it was going to go on for that long. It's not supposed to. I suppose that meant a lot to me. It did mean a lot to me. I'm surprised I did it. <clears throat> Enjoy the thing below. It's a lot of fun. We'll get the right volume. Take care, everyone.